0: Is your team not performing well? Is morale low and turnover high? Are you falling further behind the competition? I'm here to help. I'm your host, Shaney, and this is The Leadership Show, where business strategy and culture finally meet, and we make the long-awaited shift from rhetoric to results. I promise I'm not your typical boring leadership consultant, and I will help you get your shift together. Let's do this. Hey, LeaderShifters, thank you for joining me today on The Leadership Show. I'm your host, Shani, and my intention today is to start to switch the paradigm about feedback. Feedback is the third currency. What are the other two you ask? Well, duh, time and money. Yeah, feedback is just as important as time and money in generating results for your business. And today we're going to talk about why. going to start off with an example. A job I had once, I went an entire year and the the whole year wasn't really given any constructive feedback whatsoever. In fact, I had asked, is there anything I could be doing differently? Just got pats on the back all year long. You're doing a great job. You're doing a great job. Fast forward a year and at my annual review, well, in general, it was pretty good. I was completely blindsided, sucker punched by some of the, I will say, not so constructive feedback that I was given. I mean, these were things I had never heard before, hearing them for the very first time while in my annual performance review. Now that is some serious bullshit. Annual performance reviews For those of you who even still do them, because they're really not in vogue anymore, they're being replaced by, guess what? More frequent feedback conversations. But anything that is stated in the annual review should not be new information to the performer. It should really just be a summary of the accomplishments and any of the areas for improvement that had been pointed out as the year went along. Nothing should be a surprise in an annual review. So clearly, this manager that I had had a lot to learn about being an effective leader, and he clearly shied away from giving me some feedback earlier than it should have, been, should have been given, right? It should not have been delivered at the performance review for the first time. And how I see it now, it was a missed opportunity, a missed opportunity for me to improve in areas that I didn't even know he was concerned about, and a lost opportunity for the organization. And I certainly didn't stick around to see if he grew a pair, but I certainly hope that for the benefit of other people who reported to him in the future, that he learned how to give some feedback. Now listen, I know feedback is not easy to give, right? And I have helped hundreds, I was gonna say thousands, but I don't want to exaggerate, hundreds of leaders around the world learn how to give feedback more effectively on topics ranging from personal hygiene to personal growth, from poor performance to great performance, from somebody's temporary bad attitude to someone who is chronically a toxic bad apple in a group, you name it, I've probably coached a leader on how to present that feedback so that they felt comfortable giving it and it had the best chance of landing impactfully for the person receiving it. We've got to give feedback. It's not easy but if we prepare for it and follow some simple rules for success it will get easier to give over time but if we avoid feedback things will only get worse. What's the problem? Well, the problem is most people, most leaders are not good at giving feedback. They either avoid it or if they do give it, it's insufficient, right? They give shitty feedback that isn't worded well. We get Most people give really lame, positive feedback like, hey, great job. Well, that's pretty useless. What was great about it? Our positive feedback needs some work too. It needs to be more specific, more robust to explain to people what was so great about their performance so that they can keep doing it and even make improvements upon that. What's the solution? To value feedback more. Feedback is the third currency and it is just as valuable as time and money. Just like we say we wish we had more time and we wish we had more money, let's all start to wish that we gave and received more feedback. It's got value, value and it will drive business results in your organization if people are more comfortable giving it and people receive it less defensively and decide to do something proactive about it. So it's time to change our mindset about feedback. I'm going to share some more examples with you about feedback that I've personally received in the course of the many years I've been working. and and I and they're actually going to be two two pretty positive examples, although one didn't necessarily, have to be positive, but it was the way it was delivered that ended up being positive. So the first example was about five years into my career. I was an institutional salesperson in the fixed income area of Goldman Sachs selling high yield bonds or junk bonds as, you know, they, they have been known. And I had a client that, you know, it was a good client. We spoke every day. And one day, He just gave me some unsolicited feedback and it was delightful. He didn't just say, you're a great salesperson or you're one of my favorite salespeople, which also would have been nice to hear. But what made this feedback so memorable was he told me why he thought I was an effective salesperson. Essentially, what he said to me was, hey, Shaney, you stand out among all of my sales coverage as really knowing corporate finance. You understand how to read a balance sheet. You understand how a company makes money and spends money and, and profitability. You understand cash flow. You understand how companies work. We, I can tell that you think like an investor and not just like a salesperson following some script just trying to sell me something. And that makes me trust you and value your opinion. I was like, thank you. Thank you so much for telling me that. And of course, as you can imagine, I continued to make sure I was on my game, not only for that client, but for every client because of that positive reinforcement and the specificity with which he gave me that feedback. I knew exactly what to keep doing and exactly what to keep doing more of. So the other situation I wanted to describe was much more recently. I was co-facilitating with a colleague, someone I had never, I'd worked with regularly, but we had actually never co-facilitated in front of a room before. And let me set the stage for you. It was a rather intimate workshop we were doing. There were maybe about 10 participants, and he and I were positioned in the front of of a of, of what was generally a semicircle of the other participants, so he and I were kind of at the front of the circle, and the and the participants were in a semicircle around around us. So it was very casual atmosphere. We weren't standing up in front of the room, you know, by a you know a speaking podium, and we weren't mic'd up or anything like that. It was much more casual and chill kind of a workshop. Well, I also have a tendency to pop up and go over to a whiteboard or flip chart pretty regularly when someone says something I think is worth capturing either to come back to or just to reinforce the learning. Like let's get those key nuggets up on a flip chart or up on the whiteboard so that we don't forget them and we can refer back to them. And I didn't really think anything of it. This is my regular style of facilitation. Well, on a break, my colleague pulled me aside and said, hey, Shani, I love the way you engage people and capture valuable things for us on the whiteboard. But what happens is, because you jump up so suddenly, it takes me, it catches me off guard a little bit, and then I feel like our flow is a bit interrupted. And I was like, oh, okay, didn't realize that. He goes, yeah, you know, if we can just figure out a way to communicate so that you can still do you, and I don't get a sense of feeling a little bit disconnected, that would be great. And I was super grateful that he said something to me, partially because I wanted our facilitation to go really smoothly. And I didn't want him to feel disconnected. That was obviously not my intention. And in service of delivering the best possible workshop for the people in the room, I wanted to make sure that he and I were in sync. And so we decided that anytime I felt compelled to get up and go over to the whiteboard, I'd let him know that I was doing that and invite him to stand up with me and kind of give him a role. And it worked beautifully for the rest of the day. As I was alluding to before, like that could have had the potential to get derailed if he felt awkward about it or, you know, said something like, you're stealing the spotlight when you use the whiteboard or, you know, making some assumptions about it. But he basically just said, here's what's happening. Here's how it's making me feel. And what can we do a little bit differently so that we're, we're both winning here? It was perfectly delivered feedback, I have to say. And this is why I say feedback is the third currency and we have to start thinking about it as having just as much value as time and money. Why is it so important? Because the communication that flows as a result of the feedback is what drives engagement. It what It's what drives people to constantly improve and to deal with blind spots that are brought to their attention and as a result they're going to perform better for you and lead to more success for your organization and who doesn't want that feedback is the third currency you heard it here first (laughs) okay now I know what you're thinking I already know how to give feedback I do the feedback sandwich yeah yeah, you know what I do is I give the person a compliment, and then I slide into constructive feedback, and then I give, them, and then I say something else positive. Well, no, <laughs> just no. Stop the feedback sandwich. It might make you feel better delivering the feedback because you've kind of slid it in between the two buns of positive bullshit, but it is not effective for the recipient of the feedback. Okay is not there is not a great tool for delivering feedback either positive or negative for a lot of different reasons you may also be thinking I don't have time to give feedback or it makes me uncomfortable or it makes the other person uncomfortable or eh, you know I, I don't know I, I I want people to like me and so I'm, I'm afraid to give feedback or whatever I, I hear every excuse in the world for why people don't give feedback well here's the deal we don't give feedback to make, to make ourselves feel good or to make ourselves comfortable. We give feedback to help people improve. That's what it's all about. So we have to get over our own insecurities and discomfort with giving feedback and learn to deliver it. I feel so strongly about this that I am developing an entire online course with seven modules just on the subject of feedback as the third currency. We're working on that, stay tuned, it'll be coming out within the next couple of months for you to access, but in the meantime, I wanna leave you with five really great tips for how to deliver better feedback. So, number one, describe the situation that you heard or saw. Describe the observable behavior not your interpretation of what you saw, not what you're assuming happened, literally describe what was observed or what was heard. And if you didn't see it or hear it directly, get the person that's describing it to you to give you the specific things that were seen or were heard so that you can repeat those. Number two, don't use, ver- don't use adjectives you just use verbs to describe those actionable behaviors. Once we start using adjectives, we get into labels and judgments and assumptions and people start to feel bad. So let me pause with these first two and just kick off an example that's gonna showcase this. So, and this again is something that, this is feedback that was actually given to me. One of my colleagues pulled me aside or actually called me on the phone and said, hey, listen, on the last few team video conference calls, I noticed that your video was turned off and that you were on mute unless you were speaking, okay? So she described the observable behavior, used verbs, no adjectives. Nowhere in there did she say anything like, you weren't paying attention, or I know you were multitasking, right? No assumptions, no judgments, no interpretations. Just what she observed, that I wasn't on video, Absolutely true. And that I was on mute unless I was speaking. Also absolutely true. I could not debate those things because those were things that people had observed. Number three, describe the impact that the behavior you saw or heard about had on you or the team or the client or the organization or whoever was affected by the behavior that you are describing. So again, for example, this is what my colleague then said to me. So speaking for myself, it made me a little bit distracted, kind of wondering where you were and, and and what you were doing. And for people on the team, what struck me is they were potentially missing out on some of your great insights that I know you normally offer on these calls when you are fully engaged and you're on video and you can see people and they can see you. Now, I don't want to make any assumptions about what you were or weren't doing, so let me just check in with you. Like, what's your perspective? What's going on for you? And then she gave me the opportunity to to tell her what was going on. You know, maybe I hadn't done my hair and I didn't want to be on video or maybe I really was multitasking. And in some cases, guilty as charged. And what this feedback reminded me of was, I don't want to be disrespectful to my colleagues. And nobody called me disrespectful in the feedback. It occurred to me from hearing it, wow, I can see how me not being on video and being fully engaged might come off as disrespectful. Not my intention. I need to be more mindful about being on video and contributing more in the meetings. Number four. Turn the feedback conversation into a feed-forward conversation. That's how it should progress and ultimately end because feedback that's just based in the past behavior isn't particularly useful. What is useful is the feed-forward conversation about what's next. Now that this feedback has been articulated, now that these things have been brought to light, (coughs) excuse me. What now? What do you want to do differently? In service of more success. Excuse me, I definitely need a drink of water right now. (laughs) So how can this feedback help you grow? Or course correct? Or bring to your attention that maybe you need a little more training in this area or that area, right? So we take the feedback conversation and we make it proactive. And we make it action-oriented so that everybody knows what to do differently going forward. Again, in service of the individual's growth and development and in service of the team and the organization's success. And to, to finish off with the example I was using, what she then said to me is, hey, what do you need to feel fully present on these team calls? And is it something I can help you with? and we then had a dialogue about some of the things that came to my mind that I could do differently before these calls to make sure that yes i was on video and fully engaged in the calls tip number 5 which you saw demonstrated in that example is that feedback should be a conversation shouldn't be just you telling the other person here's my opinion here's what you did here's what you need to do in the future right no it's a dialogue it's a conversation you ask questions to get the other person's perspective we ask questions to help them come to their own conclusions about the feed forward portion the the two-way conversation piece of this is critical otherwise your feedback's going to definitely risk coming across as either critical Or overly pedantic. Let's just treat people like human beings and have a conversation and that in and of itself will make the feedback feel like it'll make the environment feel I would say more safe and psychological safety is the single most important aspect of a productive and impactful work environment. So let's recap. The five tips for more effective feedback. Number one, describe the situation and the observable behavior. Number two, use verbs, not adjectives. Number three, what was the impact on the business? This is what keeps it from going down the personal rabbit hole. We describe the business impact that it had on you or the team or the client or whomever else was impacted by the behavior. Number four, feedback should go along with feed forward, and number five, ask questions and make it a conversation. As you can see, feedback, when used effectively, is the third currency, and I'm going to pound the table on it every single day for the rest of my life that feedback is as valuable as time or money and we're not going to step over money when we see it on the ground. And if we can get more time back in our busy schedules, we'll never pass on that opportunity. So I urge you, I implore you, I beg you don't pass up opportunities to give effective feedback or to receive feedback so that you do something with it. And that's a whole what that is one of the modules in the feedback course is going to be about how to be a better recipient of feedback don't have time to go into it on the podcast today so stay tuned for the full course on feedback as the third currency everybody has a right to have honest feedback about how they're doing whether it's a specifically worded attaboy a boy or ad a girl pat on the back for something that you're doing well and we want to see you do more of or whether it's constructive feedback on things that could be done differently. We all have a right to know how we can continuously improve. And remember, we don't give feedback to make people smile or to make them feel like shit. We give feedback to help everybody win. It's the one of the critical elements to how we combine business strategy and culture is to make feedback an ongoing, regular part of the culture. So much so that it's expected to be delivered and it's expected that you're going to receive it. We'll talk about Bridgewater Associates in the course, which is a company whose founder, Ray Dalio, is insistent. He is is, is dogmatic about, about a culture of constant feedback. And if you work there, you know it that it's an expectation that you're gonna give it and get it all day long, every day. So thank you for joining me today on The Leadership Show. I'm your host, Shaney, and my hope for you is that you, even with these five tips, can start to make feedback a more integral part of your culture, whether you run an entire organization or or, or a team, Let's get people more comfortable giving feedback. And of course, that starts with you. It takes practice. So go out there and give some feedback. Give some more detailed positive feedback. Give some constructive feedback that maybe you've been avoiding. It doesn't have to be perfect. But remember, if we don't give it, things just get worse. We need the practice to change anything. And the more you practice giving feedback, the better you'll become at it and the easier it will become for you. So again, thank you for joining me today. If you have any topics that you'd like to hear about or any guests you'd like to see featured on future Leadership shows, hit me up at hello at theleadersshiftproject.com or make comments to any of our social media platforms. Thanks again.